Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast, conversations that help people maximize their full potential by helping them understand that life is more like a marathon than it is a sprint. From former athletes, personal trainers, coaches, social media influencers, and entrepreneurs, talk about their journey on and off the field and how they maximize their talents once they hung up their cleats. And here's your host, Matt Joy. In this episode, I interview a physical therapist from Atlanta, Georgia, who has shifted his mentality when it comes to treating his clients and improving their movement. This guest was originally from Los Angeles, California, so he talks about how living on both coasts has helped form him into who he is today. Now, this guest is the founder of the Atlanta Run Club, also known as ARC, where they focus on advancing mental wellness and inspiring change through community and movement. Without further ado, here's episode 45. Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Troy, and we're extremely lucky to have an awesome guest, James Rowe. And James actually is located in Atlanta, Georgia, and he's the founder of the Atlanta Run Club, also known as ARC. James, how you doing today, man? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing very well, man. Excited to have you here. And it's funny, man. So me and James don't really know each other that well, but through a mutual friend, my brother, and also through um, John Stuff, shout out, who just recently got married, we had met and connected in. Um, I thought this would be an awesome platform kind of for you to tell your story, man. And um, even for my listeners, kind of hear that perspective from you. So, James, if you don't mind, like, you know, for my audience that doesn't really know you, um, yeah. can you give a little background about yourself before we get started here? Yeah. So, as you said, I'm, I'm from Atlanta, I'm originally born in Los Angeles on the West Coast, but I pretty much grew up in Atlanta. I lived in all different suburbs and cities. Um, I'm 29 right now. I uh, just graduated PT school about like three, three and a half years ago. Um, so I'm, I'm coming up to four years on that. So I'm, I'm a, a PT meaning physical therapy. So I'm, I'm a physical therapist by trait, uh, but I've kind of transitioned more of my career into overall fitness and, and wellness for the community. So doing a whole lot of different things, but still in the field of health and exercise and just promoting movement and, and longevity. Yeah. Awesome, man. That's amazing. And yeah. I guess, um, James, talk about yourself, like as a kid a little bit, right? Like, I mean, you know, are you coming from being an athlete or like, like you know, kind of where were you as a kid? And like, where did this like, I guess, you know, goal for to be in fitness or be involved in fitness come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, my story is, man, I, <clears throat> I felt like I was always bad at fitness. I felt like <laughs> I never, you know, never had like, uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed playing basketball growing up. Um, uh, when it comes to running, which, which we'll get into a little later, um, I, I feel like I was like the worst runner when I was younger. I feel like it's, it was one of the things that actually scared me to, uh-huh. to do and participate in. But uh, I recognized that, yeah, like health and, and just moving and, and just adopting that lifestyle of, of movement and constantly just challenging yourself. That's what really got me into everything. So that was my mindset as a kid when it came to fitness. I never really, uh, <clears throat> yeah, ne- like I was kind of discouraged. Yeah. By I would say like earlier in my childhood, but as I got older, I I really saw it develop as this vessel to empower myself and empower others. So that's kind of my relationship. No, I mean I love that man. It's a it's it's was it coming from Asian background, right? I mean obviously both of us being immigrants in that sense, I think understanding kind of that Asian household. Like, were you was there like uh were, were your parents kind of like James like play sports or? get involved with extracurricular activities like how was that aspect of you as a kid like was it just student or was it was it just you being a student that's it man it was just me being a student (laughs) (laughs) I mean not not that it was completely discouraged but growing up my primary focus was definitely just being told to study and get good grades you know uh, just a typical typical thing 
No, 100%, man. I think I think a lot of Asian Americans can resonate with that. So um, it is one thing I, I kind of like to pull that out first. But I guess uh, talk about, you know, how long you stayed in L.A. for and like, I guess kind of like, you know, getting a West Coast culture, but kind of bringing that to the East in a sense, or I guess kind of like the Northeast in, in, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was in L.A. for 11 years. And okay. then I, I, most of my life has been in Atlanta so far, but yeah, I, I didn't really know what West Coast culture was, to be honest, until I kind of grew up and um, it wasn't until I kept going back and forth on like trips to see like old friends. Yeah, and, yeah I, I just recognized, uh, <clears throat> I can't really pinpoint it, but there definitely is like a, a difference in culture. I say West Coast, I don't know, I, I get more of a kind of a chill, like chill vibes out there type of thing. Yeah. Um, Atlanta, when I grew up here, um, got introduced to like southern hip-hop and, and trap music and yeah kind of different personalities of people in that sense but yeah I, I love both elements and it's kind of just shaped me to who i am today yeah no doubt man and and, and james where'd you go undergrad where'd you go to school i went to uga okay UGA. University. okay so you went okay awesome and then what and you ended up studying was it pt there or did you get your master what'd you study undergrad yeah, so undergrad, I studied exercise and sports science, and then I okay. went to Emory in Atlanta to get my doctorate of PT. Yeah, awesome. So, and I graduated 2016 for that. Sweet. So, I mean, I guess when you were in school undergrad-wise, like, obviously, there's this relationship that you're trying to build with fitness and movement and exercise. I guess, like, when you first got to undergrad, what was your goal? Like, was it to be a trainer? Or, like, did you know in the back of your mind that you wanted to be a physical therapist? Uh, I, I didn't really know, man, until like my junior year in college. And okay. even then, uh, PT was one of those things where I, I was kind of enamored by the, you know, being able to work with athletes and, and, and um, that clientele. So that's something I was just naturally drawn to at that point. Mm -hmm. And PT just happened to be the job that best fit like what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't realize I wanted to do PT until like my third year in college. Okay. Um, it kind of just naturally shaped itself. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, and so I, obviously, so you're going now, you graduate, you get your degree, but then you make this decision. Now you, you go on, you go full, full in on, on being a PT. Right. So I guess talk about that now. Like if you're a kid listening right now, I guess put yourself, you know, when you got that undergrad, like how was it like getting your, your, your doctorate in physical therapy? Like, you know, the struggles, the, the easy parts, the success, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Everything yeah. in between. <clears throat> It was a lot, man. It was a lot of work. Uh, I think it was like 144 credit hours in three years. It was insane. <laughs> it was uh, a lot. lot. Years, yeah, a lot of studying, a lot of commitment to just reading over notes and learning new things. I mean, it, it's, all, it's all great. I, I look back and I appreciate the foundation of knowledge that I received with anatomy, with uh, even just learning professionalism, right? With yeah. learning how to interact with people, uh, different professionals. But uh, I, I soon realized that, <clears throat> excuse me, like in my fourth year as a PT now, it's like, man, it's only the beginning. There's so much more you can do, like with uh, the, the degree of physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And uh, initially I, I had the mindset of like wanting to be this like athlete PT, but yeah. <clears throat> um, have a vision for something like much bigger. And I'm just, I'm still kind of figuring what that is, uh, but yeah, if I had a message to to kids trying to do PT, I'd say uh, don't don't let the degree, I guess, limit you or, or anything really. Like yeah. really find out what what it is that's on your heart to pursue and 
let the degree or whatever education kind of supplement that, you know? hundred percent. I think, yeah, finding that purpose or, or, or passion or whatever that might be for each individual, if you can find that first and then kind of use your skills, doctorate or master, whatever it is to your advantage is ultimately kind of like a better stepping stone. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Um, so, I mean, I guess, so, so James, so you get to, so you get your, you know, doctorate. So you are PT. I guess like talk about now, like kind of, you know, what ARC is in a sense and like kind of how that's formed and how that started. Yeah. So uh, long story short, after doing physical therapy for several years, I realized I, I don't want to do this uh, in, <laughs> in, in like the, the way that typical physical therapy is done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like I'm completely abandoning physical therapy, um, but I, I, I realized that as I kept practicing, as a clinician, man, there's so many more things that I want to do with my degree outside of just being a standard physical therapist. Right. Um, and, and various factors with that. Uh, one thing, you know, referring back to when you asked about culture, right? Like um, I felt personally, I don't know if it says a minority or, um, but I, I just felt that when I was working as a, a physical therapist, it was, uh, it was difficult to, for me to like align myself with like standard corporate culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it's like a race thing at all, but just di- like raised on different atmospheres of what culture is like for me, like my huge influences are hip hop, um, yeah. urban culture. And uh, I, I wanted to see that like in the physical therapy world. And I, I didn't, I didn't really see that at all. And I kind of mm-hmm. saw myself working and working and working, like seeing like 15, 20 people a day, tried all different types of settings in PT. Uh, but I, I never found this like one brand and one organization that really just fulfilled what uh, truly reflected like my personality and my character and what I desire, you know? And, and that was kind of a, um, like an epiphany for me. And I, and I said, you know what? Like there's so many great things out there and so many opportunities i'm gonna just try to create like my own thing uh, with yeah. people who are down to create it so uh in, in short arc or atlanta run club i i first and foremost see it as a brand that was created uh, that really just reflects who i am and it's just an extension of, of my character and in my the things that i like the things that i like to do uh, the interests that i have and yeah it, and then when most people ask me about like how it started and stuff uh um i do love running but again like going back to my origin story like fitness was one of those things that i I hated to do when i was younger yeah Um, i I believed in the power of how it changes others and how it changed me Uh, and so yeah i kind of like took all that organized my thoughts and birthed atlanta run club yeah (laughs) yeah and i mean it's which is dope man i mean i think it's uh um when i first had heard about it James, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, like, you know, it's, it's, it's dope, I mean, right? I mean, I guess even talk about like, you know, how you got, you know, you partner with Lululemon, which is, you know, very well-respected brand in, in the athleisure space. And um, it's one of those things, to your point, I think running specifically, James, everyone's got their own relationship with it, right? Like you could be someone that maybe just, you, you go on your daily walk and like, that's your, yeah. your new time in a sense. I think people, you know, the, the mental aspect of the actual running or like the jogging and, and what people get out of that, like the endorphins and the dopamine that you do get after you've completed a run or like a 5k. Yeah. It's something that 
and you and I have talked about building community, like right? building community of people yeah. around that is something right. that is extremely powerful. And that's like when I, when we first had talked, I, I resonate with that completely because dude, over quarantine, I got closer to running more in the past five, six months <laughs> than I have throughout my whole life of being even a collegiate athlete. Right. And right. playing football, you don't really run like that. So it is something that I guess question for you. How did you even like, how did it start? Like, was it just you like saying like, I'm just going to go on a run and like, if you want to come join me type of thing, or like, I guess, how did you get all these great ideas on paper to actually execute it kind of on the back end, you know? Yeah. So I, I had a, a simple vision for, for ARC when it first started and I, it, it was with the heart of uh, one creating something that, um, that felt very authentic and genuine for the community. Right. And the only way for me to do that was not for me to try and replicate like something that's already existing out there, but uh, for me to create something that, again, really is just a true reflection of, of what I like to do and things that, that interest me. Mm-hmm. And take that, use it to like implant it into our community and really activate, mobilize, gather people. Uh, yeah, share the story of like, hey, you don't need to be extremely fit to come out and and join us, just yep. come out and run. You can walk, you can jog, whatever pace you want to do, just come out and participate, socialize. Uh, because the end goal is for us to exercise and and we all know that it's necessary to do, so we we just do it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I envision like this very social fitness atmosphere where people weren't afraid to come out to, to work out or, or go on runs and, and just like do community together. So. Um, that was it. That was, that was kind of like the, the foundational vision. Um, I had this like other, uh, this was like, this is the second half of that is I had this vision of creating that idea with a very specific brand in mind. And I, I, I love studying brands. I love like seeing brands and how it like communicates to audience, to different people. And I said, you know, like, what do I want ARC to look like? Like, how do I want people to, to feel when they hear about ARC, look at the recaps of ARC, um, participate in ARC events? And uh, I, I just kind of went back to, like we talked about earlier, like West Coast, East Coast, like fusion vibes of um, kind of that urban twist with, with the hip hop element in there, um, just music that I like listening to. And I wanted that to be communicated in, in like everything we, we did. And so, uh, this is like a crazy story. Well, not really, but I, I met Christian who is, uh, the co-founder of ARC, like by complete like accident. Uh-huh. Um, he came, he was in Atlanta. He was in Chicago at the time, like doing school and yep. he just finished up or something. He came to Atlanta. He was looking for an internship project or not intern, but like, he was just looking for pro- like creative projects to do to fill up his portfolio. So he's a photographer by trade. Uh, also does design work like Photoshop, all that. And he came into my apartment one day and um, to meet my roommate, we had like a mutual friend and he was just looking for people to connect with and do like creative projects. And that's when we got lunch the next day, I told him the idea of like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Like I'm trying to create this like run club for the community. And I, I envision it to like reflect this, like really hype, like, uh, almost Nike looking like run culture type yeah, thing. Like, yeah. like take something ordinary as running and just like put our whole, like whole different flair to it that no one has ever seen. Um, and so Christian was like, yeah, I'm down. And we like tried a couple shots and um, uploaded pictures here and there, but he, man, he was like, 
it was like a match made in heaven, bro. He's um, his, me and his, uh, I guess like interests and what we think is, is like cool and like attractive in terms of design. It's like in the same ballpark, man. Yeah. So uh, we were really able to connect and um, he's doing big things out there and he's, he's in LA right now. So he's doing big things out there. He still uh, fosters the, the brand creatively for us, but yeah, we're still, still going at it together. That's awesome, man. I think uh, when you could find partners, dude, that align, not just, you know, mentally, but like, you know, obviously building and like kind of growing something, right? Because at that point, it's like, that's what I mean, dude, finding business partners that align well with you, it's, it's one of the most important decisions you could probably make. And I'm right. sure uh, ultimately that very uh, spontaneous like moment, right? Like, dude, think about that. It's kind of <laughs> helped you guys into, into one right. way, like what ARC has become in a sense, right? Right. So, um, I guess, wait, so James, how did, so you obviously became a Lululemon ambassador afterwards. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess talk about how much of Lululemon and kind of how that brand partnership has benefited ARC and also you just in general. Yeah. So, you know, when we first started, uh, it was literally on Instagram. So we would post stories and posts about different like runs we were hosting. And my idea was not to make it like, uh, like an ordinary run, we wanted to make like a social event out of it and recap it in, in the way that we envisioned um, kind of with our branding and stuff. So we, we did that and uh, slowly, man, like I don't, I can't even retrace back to like what exactly happened with Lululemon, like how we like first, oh, it was uh, my friend Asher who we met at um, one of our social gathering events. He used to He's working at Lululemon in Houston right now, but um, yeah, it was just like event after event. We just like connected with the right people down the line and there was an opportunity summer 2019 for them to like sponsor this race mm-hmm. that focused on multicultural diversity and fitness and running. Uh, and so we like just happened to be the right group <laughs> to, to <laughs> fit what they're looking for and they like sponsored the whole thing. And man, it was, it was a, a crazy ass event, but um, yeah, that's kind of just how it happened, man. Uh, just the origin of that. And then the relationship just continued to build. And um, I, uh, I happened to, to be pretty close to one of the local stores here in Atlanta and got connected to the store manager there, um, Grace and some of the other staff members and, yeah, it's like I, I see them as my family. It's great. And um, at some point, they, they just asked me to be the, the ambassador to represent the brand in the store. Um, and honestly, it felt very natural, man. Like, it's like we, we, we were doing stuff together, you know, yeah. for almost a year, just like a lot of trust going back and forth with curating experiences and events and just kind of happened. That's awesome, man. I think, well, one, like that getting like Lululemon is like, there's like a, like a stamp of approval in a sense. All right. It's like, especially (laughs) with all these other brands. I mean, I'm sure you're a big Nike guy and like I am too. And like putting on Under Armour and stuff, but Lulu in terms of like how they're, you know, even like even over COVID, like athleisure has become a lot more popping. It's it's been a lot more, think about it. People are wearing a a, a dress shirt and like they're wearing sweatpants underneath their Zoom calls. Right. So I think at Leisure, just having that ambassadorship is it's a great partnership for you. Um, but I guess even more, just like ARC specifically now, James, like I know you told me that you recently opened up the gym. So I guess talk yeah. about that and like even doing that during COVID and how that's been. Yeah, yeah. So uh, long story short, <clears throat> as we continued to do the run club, uh, we, we did it for about two years of just popping up in different spots and running events. 
And uh, I, I saw like a limitation, but also an opportunity. And the limitation was we can keep going around to different locations and doing all these runs and it's great. But at the end of the day, we're never going to really solidify who we are uh, without having a place that we can call home. Right. And, uh, you know, like we, we've done events in all these different spaces and stuff, but uh, for, for Christian and I, our brand was like so important that we wanted to truly like communicate that through every event and every experience that we could host for people. Right. Um, and we, we face limitations because some, some of the spaces, which by the way, all, all our hosts and people that let us use their space, like amazing, you know, like forever grateful for all that. But um, I, I, I kind of faced the same thing as I experienced as a PT where there's kind of a clash of culture at times. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought to myself, man, like what if, what if ARC could fully like express itself through space, like fully express itself through every event and every experience. We didn't have to be limited by, um, yeah, just like another brand's presence or another culture's yeah. presence. Yeah, like yeah. We, like we part, yeah. yeah, we, we kind of set the tone for what we want and whichever brands, uh, Lululemon, for example, want to partner with us, like, yeah, let's do it. Let's like run it together, you know? And mm -hmm. um, that was one of the main reasons why uh, we decided to open up a physical space for, for ARC. Um, and the next question most people might have, well, what, what are you gonna use it for? I started uh, using it for Run Club. And um, that was a great question that I had to kind of digest like for, for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, the, the number one thing that, that we could have done with that space that made the most, that made the most sense and still makes the most sense now is for it to operate as a fitness, like community studio. So not just like a run club headquarters, but yeah, just offer like classes, offer fitness classes, offer yeah. wellness classes, uh, things that myself as a PT, um, I've been, I've been trained to do with, with my colleagues and, and different friends and our network of professionals. Uh, so it's nothing that um, it, it's nothing that was out of our like skill set to properly maintain as a business. Uh, but I also started as a, as an opportunity for myself as a physical therapist because there, yeah, I, I was so I was so tired of seeing like my PT friends and my colleagues like get burned out by the industry. Right. Um, so I'm not gonna I can go down like a whole another path with this, but. PT care nowadays, man, it's like so heavily driven by insurance companies, right? Like insurance companies dictate like how many visits you can see, how like what you can do, what you can't do. Um, and so to, to constantly compensate for like the lower reimbursement straight reimbursement rates that PTs are getting, you, you just have to see more people and the productivity is just like increasing left and right. And a lot of PTs get burned out, to be honest. You know, they, they don't really end up enjoying what they do. Um, and so I, I saw this as an opportunity for like the profession of physical therapy uh, to really like challenge the status quo of how wow. to deliver fitness and wellness to the community, right? Not, not just like in a standard clinic setting, but yeah, we can, we can create a run club. We can create a culture. We can create a brand, a, a group of people to activate and mobilize and uh, create that opportunity for ourselves to get people healthier and more mm -hmm. active and, and move better, you know? No, dude, I mean, that's, it, it's amazing. I mean, it, it's, it, it, this is how I think of it. Cause I, I think I told you, so locally there's one of my mentors around here. He has a physical therapy practice. 
Yeah. And it's called rehab to perform. I told you, it's more functional, right? Like they they don't right. do the OG, like, oh, we're just going to ice and stem your knee. And like, kind of yeah. like your basic thing you get at like a pivot or something kind of commercialized. I right. think they, I mean, I think you hit it spot on, man. I think there's a, there's an overlying gap between like personal training, physical therapy, and kind of like, oh, like, you know, everyone wears their own hat in a sense, right? I, one of my questions was like, I want you to talk about like your opinion on both and kind of like tapping into like, cause now you're kind of coming into personal training more in a sense of like community motivation, encouragement, while still using like the, the roots of where you're coming from, which is physical therapy, which are pretty much smarter p- trainers. I mean, keeping yeah, it like, right. honest, right? Basically, if, if you're a physical therapist, you know everything that a trainer knows, you just don't necessarily, like you're not training for, for performance in a sense, you're just training to rehab. Right, right. So I guess Absolutely. talk about yeah, the parallels yeah. there. <clears throat> yeah, 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 for sure. So I, I, I envision that too. That that's one of like that that is like my core philosophy of, of physical therapy. That <clears throat> I believe that true rehab uh, lies in the spectrum of performance and fitness, like fitness forward thinking too. So mm-hmm. um, you know, as much as I want it to to as much as people paint it to be like, okay, rehab. And then you got to do this. And then like performance is like the last thing that you like maybe do that PTs aren't that good at. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of see this blended approach to, to everything. Um, it's a more holistic approach to, yeah, just like getting better. So hundred percent in support of, of clinics, like your friends who preach that and, and they just don't, you know, people that don't just use passive modalities like yeah. ice and to, to treat the problem, but yeah, treat it through movement and strengthening. Yeah, it's and it, I think it's like honestly, James, like more and more you gotta think like there's you know, people that you know, there's a lot of good quote unquote influencers or or doctors that have their PT degrees that are kind of pushing that narrative, even through social and like that's a great kind of way to like one, build up education, right? Especially for someone like me that's kind of more underqualified in the sense of like actually knowing the science stuff behind it. It's right, right. one of those things where like kind of finding those people, I think it's crucial. And if you're young listen to this and you're a trainer, maybe. And you're trying to like bridge that gap between, you know, physical therapy and personal training and kind of how you can use both sides to develop your own brand and business. I think understanding both or having an under, like a small understanding is crucial for both sides of the party, because ultimately I think the physical therapy, the practices, the science it's tried and true. Like there's, there's, there's only so much BS that you can make to just go viral on, on social media, you know? Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, no, I mean, I think that's, that's going to be a, a great asset for, for the gym for sure, man, especially kind of having you lead charge in that. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess James, how did you like, dude, first of all, like talking about arc, like if obviously like if you guys like don't follow and I want you guys and James, you could shamelessly p- uh, plug the uh, Instagram handle, but um, the gym, dude, it looks sick. Like it's one of those yeah. gyms that like, you know what I'm saying? Like just even seeing it from afar, like I would want to be a member kind of knowing my personality. Like, it would be dope to be a member there. So I guess where did kind of like that motivation, I know you're like, you know, kind of coming from your background probably, but I guess where did the motivation for that look come from? Man, I saw, I saw Christian, man. Really? (laughs) Yeah. We, we just thought like, you know, we, we've created this, this like digital world of ARC, right? Like Mm -hmm. through Instagram and social media. Uh, The challenge was how do we take that digital world and like accurately replicate it into the physical world? And so that, that's kind of where we got our inspiration from is uh, we wanted to translate as much of the, the, the digital personality and, and elements, the design elements that Christian has, has done so like well with, mm-hmm. with, uh, with Land Around Club. 
uh, and, and really just like transfer it over to a fitness studio setting. 100%. No, I think it's, uh, dude, it, it, it's appealing as hell to just, I'd be like, dude, I, I, I don't want to pull up. Like, <laughs> next time I'm in Atlanta, I'll be like, James, yo, we got to get a run in and uh, get a quick workout. But, uh, um, but dude, honestly, I was going to think like, because even for me, like as much as I do enjoy running, like, I think the aspect of having a, a facility, a home to be able to lift that too, is probably yeah. extremely beneficial for a lot of the members, right? Right, 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 right. I mean, it's one of the, like, I don't think, I mean, there's probably a few, very few people that only run as like their kind of their workout. Right, right, right. So I think like having that, having that dynamic is, uh, is sick. Um, all right. I mean, James, I think this one might hit home for you in terms of even just like your growth, you know, in Atlanta with ARC and kind of everything you've been doing. But like, I guess, what are your thoughts on like instant gratification versus delayed gratification? Uh, yeah, not a big fan of instant gratification. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, I, I think, yeah, it just, it takes work, man. It takes a lot of work. And I, I think back to the past few years and literally like blood, sweat, and tears. I know that's like overplayed, but, um, you know, we, we tried opening the gym up back in January when like, really like when COVID didn't march and we actually had a delayed uh, grand opening for like six months, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Um, but you know, like other challenges too, that kind of, that come with constantly being in the seat of like innovation and having to push and having to grow things. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been tough, man. It's been tough to, to really get things together. But you know, my biggest like takeaway from all this is like, you never have to do it alone. And I, I look at people like Christian and, uh, it, it, Atlanta Run Club started with a two man like running gun, running gun type of show where it, we literally just be like organizing everything by ourselves. Right. Uh, and I look at it now and it's like, you know, we're, we're about to bring in like interns, man, to, to help us out and, and um, facilitate things. So it's just been uh, really grateful to see the growth. But um, yeah, you'll soon learn that instant gratification on your own or even with two people, like it, it doesn't last very long. If you want to create something that is sustainable and has like significance and, and true like depth and meaning to it, I, I really believe that we have to see past the lens of uh, instant gratification. And re it's really about like looking past our um, the emotional highs of success and uh, learning to push through the groundwork of failure and trials and like, you know, like that's, that's, that's where I believe true organizations and foundations are built. It's in those kind of things. Like 100%. anyone can create hype and, and bring people here and there, but uh, we just have to keep going with them, man, through those seasons. No, hundred percent. I mean, James, what was, uh, like, I guess, like, how did you cope with that early in terms of like failure in terms of like, I mean, I, I guess I like, kind of dealing with, I mean, for me, like I always bring it back to being an athlete of like, Oh, like, you know, losing a game or losing state championship or like something like that, right? Where like, like you really have no choice, like come back the next week type of mentality of like, I'm gonna come back to work, I guess. What was it for you that like kind of kept, kept you wanted to kept foster that feeling of like, one, not just growing, but building right. something, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Uh, man, I don't, I don't know, man. It just, it, it was crazy because we, we definitely had our share of, of like, now, what the heck are we doing? Yeah, I'm sure. You know, but we, we've definitely also had our uh, moments of like, just in my opinion, just huge, like unexpected, crazy success too. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, and it wasn't always like reflected like financially per se, but right. I mean, you know, you talk about brands that like 
reached out to us and wanted to collaborate like Nike, Adidas, Lululemon, like we did stuff with Under Armour. Like it was literally every major brand that I ever dreamed of like working with as a kid mm -hmm. uh, that we got to do stuff. And like there were paid things that we got to do, you know? Right. It wasn't just like, a, hey, let's meet up and like collaborate. Like there were like gigs that they were sending us to do and, and collaborate with. So yeah, it's like those kind of things, those wins and all the smaller wins too, right? Like people were just showing up and people like supporting and always yeah. showing us love. Uh, that to me, like, really pushed the envelope of perseverance and not giving up and continuing to push forth, uh, even if we're not sure of what the future holds. Like, yeah. uh, we we were here, we're here today because I, I truly believe one, we we have one hell of a team that helps us like push together, and two, like we celebrate everything. Like, we celebrate the losses, the the wins, the successes, and just kind of keep going because uh, the vision, the vision is still there and people can catch on to it and we're still like wanting to, to move on with it. So, yeah. No, I mean, that's a, it, it is awesome, man. I think um, one of the questions I got for you is when you did build that team out, right? Cause I think this is like, especially when you're, you know, if you are, if you're in an area where you don't really know many people or um, right. you're trying to build up that network, right? Like finding like-minded people, like-minded individuals that have the creative, that have like the, you know, the long-term vision, I guess, how was that? How, you picking your own squad, right? It's, it's like playing pickup basketball. Like you, know you picking your team, I guess, how did you go about that? Ah, man, you know, I, <clears throat> I, I think back to those times and honestly, like, I, I don't think I ever intentionally went out to seek after people. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in the idea of like, don't chase, just attract. And yeah. like, do, do what you're doing like so well and do what you're doing like so passionately and, and convincing that people will like look over at what you're doing and eventually they'll find out, man, this is, this is me too. I could see myself doing this as well. Mm -hmm. And really like, that's, that's the mentality that I held on to. Um, I knew at like, on day one, I knew Christian was the right person just because like, you know, he had the talent, he had the, the drive and the passion. And um, at the time, like I had, I had no problem like matching that. Like that was, that was me too. I was always like hungry, trying to go after things like create and innovate and experiment. And uh, we just happened to like line up in, in, in that sense of timing. Um, and, and really like, we just kept working together and, and pushed out things. And <clears throat> once brands like started reaching out and, and doing this and doing that with us, uh, other people just started to show up and, and participate. And some people, some people like, you know, wanted to help out a lot in the beginning, didn't really end up working out. Yeah. Um, but it, it was really the people that one, saw the vision with us and two, were willing to go past the stages of instant gratification, like we talked about. And yeah, when you, when you find those people um, and you know, you, you just end up looking up and they're just right next to you, like that's when, I think a team is like truly solidified. No, I mean, I, I, I like how when you said like, instead of trying to chase, kind of have them almost like attract you in a sense, right? And I think, right, right. I mean, dude, that's, you could, I mean, you could compare that to relationships. You can compare that to, you know, building businesses or and honestly anything in life in that sense of like, you're going to kind of attract what you're putting out there in a sense. I think right. that's one of the most crucial aspects, right? Of building anything. And uh, no, I mean, I like that. That's, that's, that's dope. Um, Right. All right. I mean, last one of the last things I got for you, and this can kind of, you know, bring everything back back together. Um, you know, when you first wanted to build community, right? I guess like like 
I know you wanted to like help people encourage them, you know, to move their bodies and stuff like that. But I guess what was like the biggest struggle to kind of get the needle rolling just within the community? Man, I think just uh, in a generation where it's so easy to be instantly gratified with like social media and, and uh, that culture. Yeah, just getting people to come out and exercise, man. I think that was, that's like everyone's like uh, challenge, right? Like in the fitness industry is, uh, you know, it's led by people who truly care about getting people in shape and living healthier lifestyles. But right. um, it's a struggle I have like as a physical therapist, right? Like how do I get my clients to do their exercises? <laughs> Uh, some are great. Most of them are great with it, but <clears throat> I think you. I think it's when you are approaching like the uh, the wholesome challenge of like trying to get a generation and a culture mm. to, to do that. And and specifically with my stuff as as a Korean American, uh, the run culture is pretty foreign, right? Yeah. Like to us Asian Americans, it's not like you know my parents never grew up running five Ks here in America. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like it, it was, it's a very like a uh, American type of sport. Yeah. And so, um, which, which I love, I, I love like the culture of running and the sport of running. I think it's, I've, I've done a lot of races myself. Um, and again, the challenge was just bring that new culture into our current one. And right. really like building that out. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. I got to ask you though, what was the, what's the longest race you ran? I did the marathon, New York City. Awesome, dude. Yeah, awesome. 26, you Solid time? <laughs> Was that solid time or no? Uh was it four four thirty? I got I did it like in a ten ten minute pace. Okay, that's that's very solid, dude. Yeah. I'm actually trying to run one by the end of the year. You should, man. Yeah, that's kind of it's. Uh, I'm thinking somewhere <laughs> in November, man. It might be maybe before uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh. Up, man. Uh, what'd you say? No, that's coming up, man. I know, dude. So I'm, I've been I've been working for it. So I mean, we'll we'll kind of. I attempted one. Two months ago, when I like, off zero nutrition, zero, very little training, I've got 18 miles done. But like, dude, James, I got a full body cramps in my quads and hamstrings. Like, just like I was dehydrated, I had no, no, no feel, nothing. I'm like, all right, next time I do this, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be somewhat more ready. Yeah, you, if you if you did 18, bro, you straight, man. I, I think the most I did before doing like performing the marathon was like 18 or something. Okay. Yeah, I'm. A, I'll, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> I'll keep you posted how that goes. Um, awesome, dude. So we're gonna transition here, James, into the hot take. So this is where I'm yeah. gonna throw a couple quick questions at you, and you just kind of fire away with um, anything that's top of mind. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. First one is, what's your favorite book? Favorite book. You know, I've, I've been reading uh, my friend's book actually called uh, Humanity's Table. It's like a book of poems. Humanity. Humanity's uh, table table okay yeah my friend literally like produced it like really it's, it's all poetry it's all poetry i love it <laughs> sick dude all yeah, right yeah. I, I like really that's cool. definitely uh that's definitely a first here so um that's a hey, wait so where can someone look that or find that if they wanted to actually see it um i think yeah you can just google it <clears throat> google it humanity's table yeah it's by my friend nigel all right by nigel nigel darius nigel darius it's funny because I actually just interviewed someone, this girl I went to college with, and she's actually big into uh, poems too. Oh and yeah, like, cool, you cool. two are like the first two that I've ever that have ever said that because you no one else likes to read. You guys don't like to read. Yeah, yeah. That's actually that's hilarious. All right, sweet. Humanity's Table by Ni Nigel Darius. Yeah, yeah. All right, sweet, sweet. Um, all right, next one is favorite cheat meal slash like fast food chain spot you like to go to. Uh. Man, probably probably Chick Fil A, man. 
Chick-fil-A? Yeah, Chick-fil-A. That is, that is a common answer, my friend, which is, uh, I, I don't blame you, though. <laughs> um, all right, next one is, what's your uh, a, a favorite podcast or one that you like to gain value from? Uh, this one, bro. I just my. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. That's a shame. <laughs> uh, um, by the way, send, send me the information for the podcast, too, so I could. Uh, is it, like, completely out yet? Yeah, I mean, this one here? Yeah, when yeah, is yeah, it? I mean, so this is actually episode forty-five. Okay, yeah, so, I thought it was like pretty, pretty. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I mean, this one will probably I mean get it aired probably sometime next week or the week after. Okay. Um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So it'll, it'll, yeah, I'll, I'll send you all the information, stuff like that. But um, outside of this one, you have any other ones that you like to listen to? If not, you don't. Have, I guess some people don't listen to podcasts. Uh, I bet you most people say Joe Rogan's podcast. I, I listen to that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Rogan's is solid. I, I'm I'm a big fan there too. So. Um, I can't really, I can't blame you on that. All right, this is the last one I got in the hot takes. Um, favorite athlete of all time, man, any sport, any generation, current or past? <sighs> Dwayne Wade. Look, my guy, uh, that's my guy too, man. I'm a big Miami <laughs> fan, you know? That's a great answer, dude. Yeah, How come? Uh, I just, you know, so I'm, I'm a huge Lakers fan, so I, yeah. I have huge love for Kobe uh, and like that, that dynasty with Shaq, like I grew up watching them, but yeah, for some reason, like I, I, I never watched a player so closely outside of like doing weight. Uh, really? Okay. Especially like I was six run, like with Miami. Yeah. Heat. Like, I mean, that was, that was crazy. Back it then. was man. very epic, especially yeah. early. People forget that that was like his third year. Like it's early in his career for him to have yeah, been. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I was always inspired by his play style, his mentality in the game. So. That's awesome, man. We got to, we got to, I got to ask you though, really quick about the Lakers, man. How'd you feel after they, dude, first of all, the Dodgers won, the Lakers won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a goddamn city of champions, <laughs> man. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's great stuff, man. Um, big Dodgers fan growing up too. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought Lakers did, did, did well. Man. Miami did too. They, they played well. I knew, I knew that D Wade was written for, for Miami. Um, he's probably torn a little bit. He's probably happy for his friend LeBron too. But uh, yeah, I, I I watched every game. I don't really watch like full games. I haven't been recently, but uh -huh. uh, this NBA bubble season, man, um, when it got to the finals, like, I watched every single game. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm not gonna. Lie. I was tuned in yeah. too, man. Me, and my brother, both. Uh, it was it, dude, the bubble was solid ball, man. It was solid hoop. It, it, I thought it was pretty yeah, good yeah. basketball. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Sure. Um, yeah. All right, last two things I got for you, James. Before I let you go here. Um, best way for someone to reach out, um, you know, whether it's through social or maybe even just to reach out to join the uh, ARC or, or whatever it might be. Yeah, so uh, our social media for ARC is just Atlanta Run Club. Um, we, have, we also have a studio Instagram called ARC Studio Official. That's the handle for that. Um, yeah, so any questions someone might have, please reach out. Awesome. awesome. Um, so, you can also check out our website too, AtlantaRunClub.com. It's on there. Sweet, sweet. So I'll plug that in the show notes here. So Atlanta Run Club and then Arc Studio Official, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sweet, sweet. And I'll put I'll put James's uh, Instagram handle here too. I'm pretty sure it's just James Rowe. Uh, James Rowe with double underscore. All right, two underscores. Sweet. So guys, I'll put that all in the show notes here. You guys can uh, make sure you guys reach out or, or check out um, James's stuff and as well as all the awesome stuff he's doing with Arc. <clears throat> so if you're in Atlanta, make sure you guys go check him out. And the final thing I have for you, my friend, this is my favorite part of the show, honestly. It's the final take. And this is kind of where I let you lead the audience however you would like, whether it's with a question, something motivating, something encouraging, 
or it could be something that's been on your mind since we've all been in quarantine kind of uh, during COVID and stuff. So it's kind of your time to take the floor, my friend. Mm. Uh, I would say my last words, man, it's a big question. Um, <laughs> Pressure's on, I, right? Yeah, uh, life is a marathon, man. Life is a marathon. And uh, I mean that in, in like a fitness way, like 100%, like just keep going, keep persevering mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, but in all like symbolic ways too. Like I think we just have to remember to <clears throat> keep pushing through, you know, like the, I, I come back to thinking of the New York City Marathon. It was, it was actually my first time in New York and I got to run like throughout the whole city. Yeah. And man, I was like, I remember being so inspired to like further the growth of like ARC while running that marathon. Mm. Um, just because I got to see like the different like progressions and elements and, and different stages of like the run, right? Like you, I remember like I got to like mile 15 and things just got like really hard. Like yeah. I, I was like wall. The runners high that people like experience, like it was completely gone. <laughs> I, I had like 11 more miles left to go in the race. And I think those, those miles there, as cheesy as it sounds, like really helped me to uh, set the tone for like my outlook and mentality for, for all things, you know, whether it was business, um, just doing events with ARC, like relationships, people, friendships, it really helped me to see uh, from, from a wider like viewpoint, man, like things truly are a marathon. I, I get why people say that now, right? It's not just yeah. like, let me just sprint through the first like, 15 miles, whatever, and be done. But um, especially in times where you don't feel like running and you don't feel like continuing to, to go forth, um, those are actually the most like defining moments for us to, to capitalize on. And yeah. um, the best part, again, is you're not really running alone. You got people with you that are always cheering you on and, and by your side. So, um, yeah, those are my final words. <laughs> it, it, it works yeah. out perfect for, uh, for, for the name of the podcast as well, man. Life is a marathon, 1,000%. Dude, James, this has been so dope, bro. I appreciate you being a guest, man. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. It was a pleasure, bro. Yeah, without a doubt, man. So I'll make sure you guys check out James's stuff if you're in Atlanta. Um, everyone listen, I appreciate you guys listening. This is episode 45 with James Rowe of the Athlete Marathon Podcast. My name is Matt Choi, and we are signing off. Thank you for listening to the Athletes Marathon podcast. We want to make sure you stay connected with our guest, so we'll have access to the show notes and our latest episodes on our website. Head over to www.theathletesmarathon.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next week, thanks again for listening.